Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 475, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man. In this week's episode, I have brought my great friend, Mark Mason, back to the microphone again. Mark, how are you, brother? Yay, me. I'm back. I'm so happy. I love it here. Hey, it. you know, whenever I have you on the show, it seems like I always have to have you on late night. You're the late night internet marketing guy. You have the day job during the day. If I'm going to have you on the show, I have to come up to your standards of late night recording. And I'm not used to coming into the studio in my pajamas, my friend. Yeah, I understand. And that's a great visual for me. Thank you so much. And, uh, uh, like I said, I'm really happy to be here with you in your pajamas. So since you do everything late at night, are you in your pajamas when you do your late night internet marketing? You know, I live in Texas and it's uh, warm all the time here. So I'm kind of a shorts and t-shirts guy. I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you see me, I don't wear shorts to my day job. I'll throw on some blue jeans. It's a tech industry. So, you know, I don't get dressed up very often, but I'm kind of, I'm shorts and t-shirt right now. I got the whole Nike microfiber uh, running shirt thing going right now. Love it. Guys, check out Mark's podcast and website and everything else that he's got going on over at latenightim.com. But uh, Mark, you are no stranger to the podcast and I love having these conversations about what's going on in business. And dude, I got to tell you, something is burning inside of me, a passion for working on my business like I haven't had this much passion. It, it's probably been at least three or four years since I've had this much of a burning desire to kind of burn both can- the candle both ends of the stick. You sure it's not just that you've been eating at Chipotle too much? <laughs> no. In fact, I haven't been eating at Chipotle at nearly as much lately because they had Chiptopia and uh, and now there's no more Chiptopia. Did you did you participate in Chiptopia? I didn't. I'm not a big off the hook uh, Chipotle guy like you. I do like it, but we have a thing here in Texas called Freebirds. Freebirds is my jam. Gotcha. Here's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to give an update on my mailing list strategy. Effective four o'clock in the morning two days ago, I officially launched my mailing campaign. One of the things that I did is I started out ConvertKit with 4,132 subscribers. And some people might think, well, gosh, Cliff, you know, you got as much exposure as you have. You only have that many subscribers. Well, if you go back to the you know last time that Mark was on the show, we talked about the reason for such a small number of people on my list because, well, my email list practically said, hey, give me your name and email address if you'd like to be notified the next time I have a new product or service to sell you. So that's 4,132 people says, Cliff, I'm ready with my credit card or debit card in hand. Just tell me where I need to go buy the stuff. So it's a pretty awesome list to have. In marketing terms, we talk about lists being qualified and prospects being qualified. And that's about as qualified as you can get. The only more qualified prospect than that would be a list of people who had bought from you. And I know that some of those people are on that list too, but without the right tools, without ConvertKit, you couldn't tell them apart. And so I guess you're you're well on the way to solving a lot of those problems as well. I am. It's so exciting. Um, so I had these 4,132 people just sitting in ConvertKit, not getting anything from me whatsoever. It's, they're just there. 
What I had been doing over the last couple of weeks is working on building in the automation rules that we've talked about, the system and structure for how people get tagged, what are the tags, what triggers a tag, how does that happen, when somebody receives a tag, what happens from that point forward. First thing that I did is I created my podcast sequence. So I have a sequence or a series of autoresponders And I literally created 52 draft messages, 52 emails sitting in there, and each one of them have different subjects. And they all are subjects that I plan on publishing over the next year. Now, the idea was I need to get the first one out for this Friday. And I did that one. So the very first email is how to explode the exposure of your podcast in iTunes. How can you get your podcast to show up in more search results guaranteed? Absolutely, hands down, exploding the exposure of your podcast. So Mark, you saw that video that I put together that goes along with that email. What do you think about the tip there? The video was great. And I've been podcasting since 2009. And I had some idea about doing the sort of thing that you talk about in that video but I didn't have it right. And there were parts of some there. You mentioned three things in the video. I had sort of half implemented one of them and the other two I didn't even really ever think about. So I immediately went in to the back end of WordPress and changed the settings for my iTunes listings and so forth and took action on that like almost before the video finished playing. In fact, kind of as you were in my ear with the video, I had WordPress open and I was doing the stuff and I was real a little surprised, actually, that having been around in podcasting for as long as I had, that I, I didn't have that optimized as well as I should have. Everybody's going to really like that video. There, That has a lot of wow factor to it. And, you know, and I got to give credit to Pat Flynn for this. He has a new mailing list strategy, and I can't remember... It's probably email the smart way or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so email the smart way. He put it together and I've downloaded that PDF. And one of the first thing he says is, you know, give them a quick win right out of the gate. Something they can implement immediately, take action, and they see instant results. And that's exactly what this is. It's one of my best tips that I just know is going to get people excited. It's like, oh, wow, I'm glad I signed up for this list. Yeah. And like I said, I, I literally was implementing it before the video ended. I was already doing the thing because it's, it's, a, you know, it's not just a win. It's, as you say, it's a quick win. It took me all of 10 minutes. And there was a particular, I don't want to give the thing away, but there's a particular way that you do the thing that you suggested that I thought was incredibly clever. And I, I used that too. So it's all very good. And by the way, it totally works because you want to hear something funny, Mark, is um, prior to recording that video, I've known about this tip that I share in the video. I've known about it for years. I've actually taught it to hundreds of my podcasting A to Z students over and over again. However, I'd never yet taken my own advice. I never spent the time to optimize my own feed. And instead, I would always go over and show Pat Flynn's. He is somebody who's optimized everything according to the way that I show you there. Whenever I was showing it to my students, I said, now, here's how you could do your listing. And I showed them mine, <laughs> which was not yeah. optimized. And then I showed them Pat's. And the, th- the interesting thing is, is I knew that I was going to record this video. And I went in and a couple days before recording the video, I went in and fully optimized, completely changed everything as you see it in the video. 
what happened was I let it go for three or four days so that I made sure that the cached search results were all caught up so that when I recorded the video and I did searches for my podcast, I would see them. Now, there's this little popularity bar under episodes inside of iTunes. If you look at the desktop, have you seen that popularity bar? Oh, yeah. The popularity bar for the most recent two episodes have jumped up. If you look at my popularity bar for the two most recent episodes compared to episodes prior to that, you see that the bar is almost completely filled, meaning it's as popular as popular can be. I actually noticed that. I wondered what the deal was with that because... it's way popular than all the episodes, a way more popular than all the episodes below it. It was instant success for me in gaining more exposure. And also, I have a, a tool that I use that um, you can find, by the way, at reaganstar.com. I didn't plan on sharing this tonight, but I will. And it's R E G A N S T A dot com. Reaganstar.com. And if you go there, if you look at the bottom right-hand corner, there's a little tiny link that says apps. Under apps, you can see podcast rank report, a daily email with iTunes rankings of any podcast. And what I'm going to do right now, Mark, just because I know people will be interested in this, I'm going to create a podcast answer man link. So if people want to just go to podcastanswerman.com slash ranking app. All right. So R-A-N. K-I-N-G-A-P-P. So if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash ranking app, this will take you to Reagan Starr's podcast rank report where you can sign up to get a daily email every single day to see where you're ranking for your subcategory in iTunes. Wow, cool. And I will tell you that I've always been ranking somewhere within right around 80 to 140 on average in management and marketing for the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Since making these changes, I'm currently ranking consistently day after day after day between 40 to 60. Wow, that's amazing. So that is the change. And so, yeah, there you go. Just wanted to share some additional tips and insights with you guys. And now you can know how to... The only thing is, is I, I... I probably shouldn't have shared that. And, and matter of fact, it's one of the things that I actually intentionally decided not to share in my newsletter was that tool because I hate the idea of people obsessing over their ranks. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous. But the only reason I brought it up is because I wanted to see how would it affect my ability to get exposure to my podcast and the ranking definitely and the popularity uh, little thing there is saying that this tip has had a drastic impact on my podcast exposure. Yeah. And, you know, knowing what I know about search engine optimization in general and iTunes, I've, I mean, it's super solid. I, I was really happy to get it. So basically, I, I created my draft messages. I made my first official tip that will come out this Friday or the first Friday after anybody signs up after this. So if even if you're listening to this in, let's just say, February of 2018, if you sign up for my mailing list the very next Friday, you will get this message that we're talking about because it'll always be the first one in my autoresponder series. So um, anyway, I created that first one, made that published, ready to go. And now it's like, okay, so what do I do? Do I take these 4,132 people and just add all of those people to my weekly newsletter now? And the answer to that question is absolutely not. I would not do that. So what I did is I created another autoresponder sequence called 
invitation to newsletter. And what I did was I created a series of, I think, eight emails with the assumption that the best of my community is only going to get the first one. And all eight emails essentially say the same thing. You've been on my mailing list for quite some time. Up to this point, we've had an agreement or an arrangement where you signed up to be notified when I have new products and services. And so you've been getting an email every four to six weeks. But now I'm wanting to give you this amazing content every single week. And I would like to have permission to send you an email every single week. And I'm not going to do this without your permission. And the subject line of the very first email in that sequence is actually permission requested. Now, why do you care? I think we should unpack this for a little bit because this kind of goes to the core of how you do everything. And I, I think it's important for people to understand. Most people probably wouldn't have objected actually taking the time to email you and say, hey, Cliff, how come you're emailing me so much? Why did, why did you care? Why, why take the time to actually ask people if it's okay if you go from mailing once a month to once a week or once every couple of months to once a week? Why bother doing that? What was in your head that made you decide that was the right thing for Cliff Ravenscraft to do? Yeah, and, and, and matter of fact, one of my mentoring clients, uh, he asked me, Cliff, I, you guys, these people have already opted in. They've already given you permission to email them. So why not just start sending them once a week? They're, they've probably been waiting you know, forever, hoping that you would do this. And I said, well, no, I, I, I said, maybe there are some, and I would agree that you know a good por- portion or percentage of my audience would probably not only not care, they would love it, the thing is, is I believe that I have a social contract with those who are on my mailing list. My opt-in form since October 2010 until this week literally said, please give me your name and email address and I will reach out to you via email when I have new products and services to offer you. And by experience, if you've been on my email list, you know that I only send you an email once every four to six weeks. And so there's this social contract that says, this is what you can expect from me. I don't want to change those expectations just at a whim and assume that you'd be okay with it. It's also this thing of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's just say, Mark, you have this one particular email campaign and you say, Cliff, I would love to notify you once a month about my new late night niche site dual program. Okay, I definitely would love a once a month update about that. And so I've given you my name, I've given you my email address, I've opted into your list that says, Mark, you have access and permission to get into my email inbox. But then all of a sudden, if you decided, hey, you know what, I've got this really great idea for a once a week email about a topic related to this niche site, I'm just going to go ahead and add you to that autoresponder series. I, You know, as much as we're friends, I will have felt as though you have violated my trust. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's how you roll. You're kind of a listener first, customer first, people first sort of guy, and you run your business that way. And that's the point I wanted to make is that for people who don't get that, the data is clear. You can ask Cliff or Pat or or Ray or any of these guys that we run with. If you put people first, that's the right way to not just you know not just to do things the right way, just for the sake of doing them the right way, but that's also in the long run the most profitable way to build a business by far. Absolutely. 
So what I did is um, I went ahead and created that autoresponder series and all eight of those are published and ready to go. If you respond to the first email, a couple things will happen. For example, the first email goes instantly. As soon as I put you in that autoresponder sequence, you got the first email. If you click on the link that says, yes, I want to subscribe to this newsletter, then the automation happens in the background. This is the automation rules inside a uh, ConvertKit. Number one, it subscribes you instantly to the podcast weekly newsletter. And then it also instantly at the same time removes you from the invitation sequence. And also a third thing happens and it puts you into another autoresponder sequence, which is a follow-up asking you consistently to please let me know whether or not you have a podcast. And that's only for those who don't respond to the first request for that information after you've signed up for my newsletter. So it'll all make sense for those of you who go through this process if you sign up for my mailing list. But anyway, here's what I did. I added 4,132 of those subscribers to the invitation sequence. 42.3% of the people who had received them had opened it within the first 12 hours. Wow, that's unheard of. Yeah, Uh, basically 1,747 people opened that email. Of the 1,747 people who did open the email, 49.5% of those people actually clicked one of two links. And again, one option for you to click was, please go ahead and subscribe me to your newsletter. I definitely want that every single week. The second option was, I don't want to get an email every single week related to podcasting, but I want to remain on your list. What happens is if you click that link, then it will automatically takes you out of the invitation sequence. And it also puts a tag that says, not interested in podcast newsletter so that I know to never bother you about that ever again. And so 52 people clicked on a link that says, Cliff, keep me on your list, but I don't want your newsletters. Now, 814 people within the first 12 hours said, Cliff, I want your newsletter. That number has consistently risen ever since. It, it, I love it. I've been, you know, kind of like the election results last night, I was watching TV. Uh, I was literally, I had ConvertKit and I keep refreshing the page every 10, 15 minutes just to see how how much the numbers go up. And I was I was actually almost as excited about my, my ConvertKit numbers as I was the election results. Here's the other thing that I have set up so that anyone who did not open this email or who did not, cl- who, who, who did open it, but they did not click one of those links, they're going to continue to receive invitations from that auto sequence. And the first one is going to come out four days after they've been added to the invitation sequence. If they don't open or click on a link in that second email, from that point forward, they're going to get six more requests all eight days apart from each other. And those numbers I just picked off off the top of my head. I figured. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, so there's no science to that. It's just I felt good about those numbers. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the, I told you that the first post, the, the first amazing best advice tips and strategies email is this video that I just we just spent a lot of time talking about that's actually the first official post of my newsletter and that's not going to come out until the first Friday that you're on the list but there is an instant welcome to my newsletter email and it's actually got a subject line do you have a podcast and here's the interesting thing 
the first email in the newsletter has a 74.1% open rate and a 56% click rate. Wow. And that is pretty awesome. Here's what I found out about my audience within the first 24 hours. So this the, before it was the first 12 hours, but the first 24 hours, this is what I found. 2% of my audience in my newsletter who clicked on links that says, I don't have a podcast and I'm not interested in starting one. So 2%. The second option that you could click on is, I am not a podcaster at this time, but I would like to start a podcast at some point in the future. Now, that is 41% of the people on this newsletter. Then the next option was, I am a podcaster and I'm in my first year of podcasting. That's 17%. And then I have been podcasting for over one year. That's 26%. And then I have had a podcast, but I'm not currently publishing any content. That's 15%. Now, first of all, I got to tell you, when I started to see these numbers come in, Mark, and like, first of all, I remember I saw my first 67 people who said, I don't have a podcast, but I am very interested in starting one. That got me so excited, Mark, because my assumption about my mailing list is these people have been on my mailing list forever. They've been listening to my podcast forever. My assumption is that, again, complete assumption, I would say an overwhelming majority of the people in my audience already have a podcast and have been podcasting for several years. That was yeah, my assumption. Yeah, I would have guessed that too. I mean, especially the way you have this list constructed, it just makes sense that that list would be overwhelmingly active podcasters. Yeah. So it's exciting for another reason too. That's a lot of people that you can help. That's exactly it. It's all of us and to see 41% of the people on my mailing list are saying, Cliff, I could definitely use your help getting this podcast that I've been wanting to do off the ground. The other thing is, is man, I'm really excited about 15% of my audience who got all excited, so excited about a podcast that they did all of the work of creating one, but they stopped. And I would love to diagnose why. And and now what this is going to allow me to do in the future, I can create custom surveys for each one of these five individuals. You know, I, I so instead of us sending a survey to everyone, I can send a specific survey to those who have had a podcast, but it stopped producing it. And that can let me know exactly how I can create content and products and services down the road to best meet their needs and vice versa. You know, gosh, 26% of my audience have been podcasting for more than a year. I'm going to send them eventually down the road a survey that will help me know exactly the type of pain points they're having. Even though they've been podcasting for several years, I believe we can all do things to take everything we're doing to the next level. And so, man, this got me so excited and so much so that I didn't sleep the other night at all. (laughs) It's like, I just kept refreshing. You know, what's amazing to me as someone who's been doing internet and email marketing since 2007 is how hard this used to be to do what you've just done in a you know in a couple weeks time set up and and actually executed it used to be so hard and i mean at one point i would say it was impossible to do unless you spent literally thousands of dollars on software like you know at the time in the in the old days when infusionsoft first came out it could do this stuff but it was incredibly expensive and this convert kit stuff is it's like magic, right? I mean, it's just so much. And what's funny. And you said this to me the other day that I was just so it it just, you know, I guess we're sort of like-minded in this way. It's so fun to use. It's almost like a toy. I mean, it's just so cool 
all the stuff that you can do. It's very exciting just to crank the thing open and do amazing things. It just to give you another idea of just how amazing it is. I have over 600 students who have gone through podcasting A to Z. All 600 of those people are on my mailing list and they all have a tag which says A to Z alumni. And do you know what I can do is I can create this thing called a segment and you can say, I want to create a segment. I want you to tell me ConvertKit. I need you to tell me everybody who has the tag A to Z alumni, but also told me that they once had a podcast, but are not currently producing new episodes. Boom. Those are very special customers that you can offer some very special service after the sale where you can go in and say, look, you invested all this energy in podcasting A to Z. You, you, you successfully launched your podcast. You told me now that you're not podcasting anymore. Tell me why. What can I do to help? Exactly that. And the cool thing is, is not everything has to be sent via your, because the number of people who will actually show up in that list isn't going to be a huge number. It might have 13 or, or 23 people who actually show up in that result that have both the A to Z alumni tag and also no longer currently producing content. By clicking on the name of that segment, it'll. and by the way, once I create that segment, it automatically live generates and updates that list as people fit that description. If, right. It's a, it's a smart search like in Apple Mail. It's a smart search. It's, it's alive. Exactly. Let's just say it right now it has 13 people. I can actually go in and say ConvertKit, show me who those 13 people are and it'll give me a name and list and I can export that CVS or comma separated file. Then I have the names and email addresses of those 13 people. And then what I could do is I can personally one-on-one email them. Or sometimes what I like to do is pull up my iPhone and look into the camera and record a personalized video and say, hey, Mark, it's Cliff. I just noticed that as I was going through and looking at some reports, I see that you went through session 22 of podcasting A to Z. I looked at your site. Things look great. Your podcast sounded wonderful, but I did notice that recently you responded in my newsletter campaign that you are no longer producing content. Sure enough, I don't see any new episodes since September of 2015. What's up? If I can help you in any way, please let me know what caused you to stop. And I can actually send that video via personal email directly to you, Mark, with that kind of information. How much of an impact would that have on you? Yeah, I mean, it might get me podcasting again. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, so this is just some exciting stuff. And, and I know that I've been going on and on about this newsletter, but the feedback that I've been getting from these most recent episodes is that people are loving this content. So I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it. Um, I'm probably going to not be as intense and heavy on all of this stuff moving forward. But each week I, over the next couple of weeks, I'll probably give you some updates. But hey, uh, I know people are digging it because I've had people tell me they're enjoying your show. So I, I know I know some people are really liking it. Awesome. Now, I did get one person, uh, you know, everybody who receives an email from my mailing list. And remember, that first email says, do you have a podcast? And it gives you the option to click one of those links to let me know where you stand in your podcasting journey. And But anytime you get an email from me, you can hit the reply button. And by the way, I am getting about 100 plus emails a day right now as a result of this campaign. And I expected that. And I am responding to everyone, by the way. If it takes me a day or two to respond, please be patient with me, but I will get back to you. But anyway, um, one of my 
community members did hit reply and he wrote this. He says, hey Cliff, I produced a total of two podcast episodes and that's all. I want to get back in the game, but I have a mental block as follows. I missed new and noteworthy and who will even know that I am releasing episodes. Can you address this in your upcoming communications? How to overcome this fear and what action steps I can take to get my podcast show visible? And I immediately replied to him and I said, listen, first and foremost, I want to tell you the email you're getting ready to have this Friday is going to tell you how to explode the exposure of your show. We talked about that in the beginning here. So I just got him a little bit excited about that. And I said, I'd love to actually read your email in this week's episode, episode 475 of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. And I'd love to talk to you about this. So first and foremost, I just got to say to everyone out there, and and I know that some people have been listening to me for a very long time, and you've heard me say this so many times, but I'm going to say it again. New and noteworthy is, in my mind, completely worthless, and you shouldn't worry about it whatsoever. Mark, do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I too chased after this one time and have some data to support the fact that it just doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, it is not, it's certainly not make or break. I mean, the, the email that you got suggests that all hope is lost. The new and noteworthy bus has left the, the station and now there's just no hope for this podcast. I can absolutely tell you as a guy who has started and stopped podcasting over the years, this is not true. Not only is it not important, I think it's a, it's a, a terrible distraction that people are, are focused on that and, and need, that just needs to be set aside. That's one of the reasons why there is a little part of me in, that is thinking in kicking myself for even telling you about the podcast rank report from Reagan Starr because this puts people in that mindset. Uh, it's like, why should I even bother? If I can't even get into the, the top 200 of a subcategory in iTunes, then why do I even bother? Well, maybe because you could radically change other people's life with your message and still not be in the top 200. Maybe because you could actually generate, I don't know, a half million dollars a year in your business and still not show up in the top 200 of your podcast category. By the way, there have been several months where this podcast dropped out of the top 200 in my category. I can tell you right now, my income never dropped and my influence in the lives of those who listen to my podcast never dropped, but my overall ranking in iTunes did. That has nothing to do with the number of people staying subscribed to your podcast. Their iTunes algorithm is more about the number of most recent subscriptions to your podcast, which is a whole other story for another time we're not getting into right now. I cannot remember the last time, if ever, that I went browsing around in iTunes and subscribed to a podcast in New and Noteworthy. That's not how I find podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts since 2005, and I can tell you, Mark, I have never done it. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm always searching for new podcasts. And every single time I'm looking for a podcast, I go in and I'm not even browsing by category. I'm always doing a search for keyword. Let's just say Mark Mason was just a guest on the Ray Edwards show. If all of a sudden through that conversation that you have with Ray, you say, I do a podcast called Late Night Internet Marketing. 
I'm going to go in into iTunes or the podcast app and I'm going to search for Mark Mason or late night marketing. Or if I am super excited about email marketing and I just can't get enough of it and I would love to fill every waking moment and even maybe skip a couple hours of sleep so I can consume more content about email marketing and nobody else has any new recommendations, I'm going to go to iTunes and I'm going to search the keyword email marketing and I'm going to see what pulls up that way. New and noteworthy is not going to make or break you. Here's what I can tell you. You have a podcast. If your podcast RSS feed is brand new to iTunes, you're automatically going to be put in new and noteworthy, no matter what you do. There's an indicator that for the first eight weeks of your show, you have more likelihood to show up at the top, although it's not clear that you actually drop off after eight weeks. There are some podcasts that are 16, 20 weeks later, they're still in new and noteworthy, but their show is certainly not new. There are numbers that will clearly indicate that if you are in new and noteworthy, and certainly if you're in the top four or six podcasts in new and noteworthy for your category, the numbers will show you increased downloads for that period of time. But what's going to happen is as soon as you drop out of that top six or top eight or top 10 of new and noteworthy, then you will instantly see those numbers completely go away. Because the people who are clicking on your episode, they opened up iTunes to possibly go search for a keyword or a key phrase or a name or of a podcast. And all of a sudden, new and noteworthy popped up because it is at the very top. It's right there in front of you. They see your artwork and the name of your show and it sounds remotely interesting, but it's not exactly what they're looking for. Mark, I don't know about you, but there's never a time I'm looking for at least five or six new podcasts that I need to subscribe to. Yeah, I'm usually actually looking to get rid of five or six podcasts because I can't I can't find time to listen to all of them already. There's a few I won't give up, so I, I don't have room. I'm never looking for five or six. So what happens is you you do have some people who see it. It's the shiny object syndrome. They click on it. They click play just to listen to a little bit of your episode. And all of a sudden, because they listen to three seconds of your podcast... That file was requested from your media host and boom, it shows up as a download. You got three seconds of their attention, they backed out. And by the way, new and noteworthy should be named. It should just be called new uh, because (laughs) not every single podcast is noteworthy when it's new. And in fact, most of them are not. It's not a problem. In fact, I would say on a scale of one to 10 quality rise, An average new podcast is around a three or a four on quality of content. Everybody starts out somewhere. There are some exceptions. Some of those people out there who are starting a podcast where you've been communicating online via your YouTube channel and you've been doing webinars and public speaking and all that stuff, those people, the percentages are higher that you're going to, on episode number one, you're going to knock it out of the park. But for those of you who are just starting out, you have no online audience, no big social media following yet, you're just creating a podcast, it's the first time you're getting behind the microphone, on a scale of one to ten, you're about a three or four, and your show certainly isn't noteworthy. I don't say that to make you feel bad. It's just there's a phrase that I use with people and it's called in the first eight weeks of your podcast, instead of focusing on new and noteworthy, I want to encourage you to do what John Acuff calls embrace your invisibility. Embrace your invisibility. And what this means is this is the time for you to make all your mistakes. Find yourself a core small audience, maybe 20, 30 people that you're connected to inside of your 
the area of interest, people that that are your friends. These are people who are going to, you know, kind of just ride with you as you find your voice and all of that stuff. But I wouldn't go out there and even try to market your podcast until you're at least on a, on a quality scale of one to 10. I wouldn't even begin to market your podcast until you're about a six or a seven. You know, you feel like you're really putting out some good content. And that's usually for most people, that's about two or three months into the journey. And so by then, new and noteworthy is out of the picture. And again, those people who are clicking on new and noteworthy, they're doing it because it's the first thing that pulled up. They click on it. And by the way, again, a majority of new and noteworthy podcasts, in my opinion, suck. So it only takes them one or two times to figure out new and noteworthy isn't a place to go that you find a podcast that you're looking for. Does all that, all that make sense, Mark? Yeah, it's absolutely true. It's true for blogs too. You know, in a lot of times you'll see people chasing after traffic with Twitter spamming or uh, in the in the old days it was stumble upon or some kind of traffic where people sort of find you by accident and they're not targeted in any way. And that traffic is not very valuable because it doesn't stick. It's exactly the same thing. What you said is exactly right. Those people are going to lose interest in a trit. You're much better off working on the quality of your content. And by the way, you mentioned John. I want to encourage people to read John's stuff. John is awesomeness. John who? Acuff. Oh, you know, I don't even know very much about John Acuff. I just went to his start conference just to hang out with a bunch of other people in my community. He wrote this book called Quitter is the first book of his that I read. He's got a new book out now called Do Over. All of them are really good. Yeah, he's he's a super awesome guy. Got to meet him at the conference. I went to the Start conference after he wrote his book Start. Great guy. I watched his keynote and then I spent the rest of the time in the hallway with friends in my community. But uh, the one thing he said when he said embrace your invisibility, I'm like, dude, I love this guy. He's awesome. Yeah, he's super great. And I've been to conferences with you and I know about you in hallways and you're, you don't sit still in sessions very well at conferences. I don't. All right. So uh, this gentleman says, Cliff, I missed new and noteworthy. And so, dude, who will even know that I'm releasing episodes? Well, for, we've already covered the new and noteworthy. First of all, the question of who will know that I'm releasing new episodes? My guess is is that there's only a 5% chance that anybody who was once subscribed to those two episodes are still subscribed. My guess is that after a year or even after three or six months and you don't publish any new episodes, you're getting deleted off the list. Mark even told you, and, and, and I'm the same way, I'm constantly looking for podcasts that actually can be taken off of my subscription list so I can make room for new content. If a guy is in this situation and he's reviving a dead podcast what do you do? Well, you build your audience one person at a time. I encourage you to keep those two episodes up, start producing that third episode effective immediately, make a commitment to start putting out new episodes every single week from this point forward, never missing a week. And I would first reach out to my closest friends in my industry and I would start saying, hey guys, check out my show. Please give me some feedback and let me know how I can improve it. What do you think? I would actually start networking with other people in your industry or in your field of interest. And I would invite maybe some other people in your community or some other podcasters to be guests on your show, not expecting them to do anything in return, but there's a likelihood that they might actually, when you email them and say, hey, I just want to let you know your podcast episode is live. Here's a link to it. You know, go out of your way to make them look awesome, have great show notes, make it look like they are a celebrity in your mind, and make sure that's an 
absolutely awesome episode. Send them a link and say, hey, Mark, thank you for being a guest on my show. Here's a link to this post where they can find it. If you're interested in sharing it with your community, I'd be honored, but no pressure to do so. That's just the way I, I handle those. And then I would actually publish a link to every single episode that I do in social media on all my channels and say, hey, guys, I just have this amazing episode. And rather than saying, here's my latest episode, don't ever do just here's my latest episode. Although, by the way, I often do that. So do as I say, (laughs) not as I do. But what you want to do, your tweet, your LinkedIn update, your Facebook status update, it should have some kind of absolutely amazing sales pitch on why somebody should click the link. The first thing you got to do is I would not worry about growing your audience beyond even having your first 10, 15 subscribers if you can't consistently say to yourself, I am producing content every single week without fail and it's getting better every single week. Once you feel like you're confident that you're producing content, that's when I'd say, okay, it's time to to start saying to people, hey, come check me out. Yeah, and you know, one of the effective things that you can do as a podcaster to reach other podcast listeners is offer valuable content to other podcast audiences by being guests on other people's shows. That's a super effective way and a very helpful thing that you can do in the podcast community to help other people with content uh, challenges to, to have great content. So, I mean, I think there are lots of opportunities to your point about social media. I mean, you need to think about those social media posts the way Ray Edwards would hundred bucks um, the way Ray Edwards would think about those, which is it's a little piece of sales copy. I mean, you want to get that conversion where somebody says, wow, this this is something I need to check out and create some curiosity or some interest or or offer some benefit from listening that will get that conversion from Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is onto your website and into your episode. Another thing is join some Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups related to your industry and jump in and look at the posts, the questions that people are asking. In fact, let me tell you, I, you know, I've been talking about ConvertKit. I'm inside the private Facebook community for ConvertKit. People are asking questions. I ask questions of people in there and boom, people in the community are answering my questions, giving me valuable advice and tips and stuff like that. Dude, they're, they're having an impact. People I've never heard of before, all of a sudden, two or three times, they're giving me valuable information, and now I'm like, wow, I want to know more about this person. So jump into some communities and start giving valuable tips and advice and helping people. And by the way, don't do that and say, oh, by the way, go check out my podcast episode. No, build relationships by helping and serving people, and then as people come to know, like, and trust you in that setting, chances are they'll add you as a friend eventually. And then just by being your friend, they're going to start seeing your promotion of your most recent podcast episode in their timeline as a result of being your friend. So that's kind of how that works. And again, the very first email in the weekly newsletter for podcasting on my list is going to help you explode the exposure of your show by optimizing it so that you show up in more search results. So those things are the things you can do. And Mark, I appreciate you, brother. I, I love having you come on here and talk with me. It's super fun, man. I love it. I love your audience. They're amazingly cool. And uh, I'll be hanging out on the comments of the show notes if people have questions that they want to ask about these topics or marketing or whatever. I'll be around and watching the comments and happy to answer any questions. Hey, as soon as we're finished recording here, Mark, we're recording another podcast and it's me being a guest on your show. Do you know what episode number that will be? 
I do. That is going to be episode number 113, I believe. All right. So episode 113, check out Late Night Internet Marketing. Wherever you're subscribed to podcasts, do a search for Mark Mason or Late Night Internet Marketing. Subscribe to Mark's show. I'll be in episode 113. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And if you haven't done so already, head over to podcastanswerman.com in the sidebar, sign up for this mailing list. I promise you, you do not want to miss this. This is the best, absolutely the greatest advice I've ever given to over 600 podcasting A to Z students and the thousands of clients I've worked with since all the way back to December 2006. And I would say people should sign up just to see the implementation. I mean, even if you don't want the podcasting tips, the way this thing is done is super first class. And if you've got a podcast about Egg Foo Young in San Francisco or something, uh, this is the way you want to run your email marketing. So check that out. Check out the list for that reason as well. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Until next time, I encourage you to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast. It's a man.